Hello everyone and welcome to Black, White and In Color. This is episode number three. And again, I want to thank everyone for their words of encouragement and especially your feedback from last week's episode. I am your host, Shanoa Alamu. And last week I interviewed my very own mom. The title of the episode is A Close Look Into America's Racial Past. And I share on that episode the reason why I chose her to kind of lay the foundation for the rest of the racial talks or the talks centered around racism that I will be discussing on this podcast. So I would highly encourage that you go and listen to it again. That's episode number two, a close look into America's racial past. And one particular um, word or, or feedback that I received was from a, a man. He's a, he's a Facebook friend, happens to be white. And he's not only a Facebook friend, but he and I had a chance to meet um, when I went on vacation with my children to Nashville. So we have met in person as well. And so he listened to, uh, the interview with my mom and, you know, he says, Shanoa, it took me four sittings, um, in order for me to get through the interview. It's about an hour long. He said it took him four sittings, um, because he was going to listen to it while he runs, you know, he's an avid runner, a long distance runner, and he was just going to spend that hour listening to, uh, the episode while he ran and couldn't because it hit him, uh, in a way that he did not expect, you know? So that's exactly what I wanted because as I mentioned in episode two, it's just so easy for us to politicize racism and and that's part of the agenda that you know so I'm going to talk about that more but part of the agenda to keep racism going alive and flourishing is to politicize it because when you do that then you don't have to feel anything you don't have to um, share in you know share one another's burdens you know, as ancient wisdom tells us to do, especially if you're a follower of Christ, you know, it kind of removes you from that responsibility because, hey, if you vote a a particular political party, then you're probably thinking it'll take care of all this racial stuff or that's where um, racism belongs is in politics and not necessarily, you know, uh, in our homes, in our churches and whatnot. So, I really appreciated him saying that because, like I said, that's exactly what I wanted it to do. I want people to feel, I want people to have some emotions and and restore humanity, humanness to this issue. Um, Because I believe everything has been done to keep us from doing that. So today I want to talk about what racism actually is. I want to set the record straight (laughs) because I am tired of going on these different um, pages. I have to admit I troll. (laughs) And so if there is a headline, you know, breaking news, nine times out of 10, it is going to be race related. You know, this is happening almost on a daily basis now. 
And what I like to do is read the comments because I feel that's where you really get a good sense of how people feel uh, about a particular topic, particularly racism. And so if there is a, a race related story, again, I go to that page and I read the comments and by and large, this is what I have seen. This is what I have read by and large. Why people will look at that race related story and say this has nothing to do with race. You know, it's just an idiot judge, an idiot lawyer who didn't do their job, blah, 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 has nothing to do with race. Black people will look at that same exact story by and large and will say this is exactly about race because of X, Y, Z. So how is it that? People from two different groups can look at the same, I mean, the exact same story and walk away with two completely different perspectives on it. So, like I said, I want to set the record straight, because if we're going to say things like black people can be racist, um, that a white person can experience racism, um, that there is a such thing as reverse discrimination. And, and so, you know, if we're going to say these things, we need to know what we're talking about. We need to know what these words mean and all that getting, getting understanding because words carry weight. Words are powerful. You know, verbal abuse is just as damaging as physical abuse. Words are powerful. So, Again, if we're going to be saying these things, we need to know what we're talking about. So I want to talk about racism and the information that I am getting uh, that will help me. I'm really thinking about doing a series because there's so much to talk about um, because I, I want people to understand. I want people to have a clear understanding of what racism is. So the information uh, or the website that I used is dismantlingracism.org. Again, that is dismantlingracism.org. And there is tons of information on that website um, that really does an excellent job uh, breaking down what racism is to where, I mean, I don't know what it would take for a person not to understand, you know, once reading this information. So I want to start with what racism means, because if you Google racism, the top definition, the number one definition that you will likely see is that it is that it is a belief that one group of people is superior to another. That's the do it right now. Go get on your phone, go to your computer and Google racism. That is the number one definition from Merriam Webster that you will see. And if you leave it there, if you just stop it at that definition only, that lets a lot of people off the hook because it's so easy to say. It would be easy to say, well, I don't think I'm better than anybody else, especially if it's a white person. I don't think I'm better than anybody else. You know, my mom raised me to treat everybody right. My mom raised me to respect those, you know, regardless of skin color. And of course, the favorite thing to say is, 
well, I don't see color at all, right? But that is just scratching the surface, you know, believing that you're superior over somebody. That's just scratching the surface. That's not even getting to the real in-depth roots of what racism is all about. So racism, racism equals race prejudice plus social and institutional power. Race equals a system of advantage based on race. Racism equals a system of oppression based on race. Racism equals a white supremacy system. So what I want you to think first and foremost, when talking to anybody about racism, you have to include the word system because racism is first and foremost a system of oppression. It is a system of advantage and it is a white supremacy system. So not everybody falls under that category, which means this is the reason why black people cannot be racist or any group of color, Asians, Hispanics, no other group of color really fall under this category, but white people. Now, if that makes you angry, if that causes your feathers to be ruffled, be mad at the system that's been created since the inception of this country. Racism is different from racial prejudice, hatred, or discrimination. Racism involves one group having the power to carry out systemic discrimination through the institutional policies and practices of the society and by shaping the cultural beliefs and values that support those racist policies and practices. Again, so calling a black person a, a nigger, yeah, I wouldn't say that's racism. That's just being rude. I would say that's being a bigot. I would say that's, you know, definitely being prejudice. But I wouldn't say it's definitely a necessarily racism. Because again, you have to um, include the word system and then you definitely have to include the word power. And this is where things kind of get tricky because again a white person can say well I don't have the power I just get up and and go to work every day or I just get up and you know my mind is just on feeding my family and and you know keeping getting you know wanting to keep my marriage together which which I can understand I get it this information comes and is grounded like the definitions I'm I'm reading to you is grounded in a movement called critical race theory that started in the 1970s by activists and scholars committed to the study and transformation of traditional relationships of race to racism and power. And I want to read to you their five core beliefs, so to speak. Again, this is from critical race theory of movement that started in the 1970s by activists and scholars. Number one, Racism is ordinary, the quote unquote normal way that society does business. 
the quote-unquote common everyday experience of most people of color in this country. So what is considered normal everyday about your business life is racism to a person of color in this country. And I'm going to dig deeper into that. I don't know a black person in this country that does not, that I've met, not necessarily in this country. I don't know a black person that doesn't have a race story as part of their existence and experience living in this country. And people say, well, what about the rich black folks? Well, you got Oprah. She has hers. LeBron James. He has his. Serena Williams. Venus Williams. They have theirs. You know, myself, my mother, like mentioned in episode two, my brother. You know, I don't know any person of color, black person, that does not have a race story as a result of being in this country. Number two, racism serves the interests of both white people in power, the elites, materially, and working class white people psychically. And therefore, neither group has much incentive to fight it. So that covers, that kind of covers, you know, when people mention white privilege. And the first thing a white person wants to say is, well, I don't have any money. I wasn't born rich. Well, it says right here that racism serves your interests too. Has nothing to do with money. They serve the interests of both white people in power, the elites, materially and working class white people psychically which means you don't have an incentive to fight it i mean why would you number three race and races as you know especially if you're learned a learned person are social and political constructs categories that society invents and manipulates when convenient that's why you have jail cells full of black young, you know, black men as opposed to white men in terms of majority. You know, because depending, you know, it, it's already been proven that a black person can be arrested for the same exact crime as a white person and get more time in jail. Is, is likely to not be well represented in the courtroom, et cetera, et cetera. In reality, our differences as human beings are dwarfed by what we have in common and have little or nothing to do with personality, intelligence, and morality. Number four, society chooses to ignore this and assigns characteristics to whole groups of people in order to advance the idea of race and the superiority of whiteness. So that's when we come into, you know, all black people are poor, you know, Asians are good in math or um, black men are criminals. Um, you know, black women are nothing but, you know, out of the wedlock, single moms. You know, we assign these different characteristics, not to him, not to individuals, rather, but to whole groups of people 
in order to advance the idea of race and the superiority of whiteness, whiteness, because in reality, it's more white people on welfare. Just to use that as an example. No, but it's black people that's always getting getting told that, you know, we're the ones draining the system. We're the ones that's, you know, bleeding uh, the welfare system in, um, as an example. But it's actually more whites on welfare than it is blacks. Number five. The power elite racializes different groups at different times to achieve their economic agenda, continually and repeatedly prioritizing profit over people. So this is a huge agenda to keep us divided and to keep different groups painted in, in particular narratives. And if you believe that narrative, <laughs> yeah. So as we know, we hear all the time too in this topic of race and racism, well, we're all one, you know, we're, we're all, I only know and acknowledge one race and that's the human race. I, it, again, I get that. I really do. It, it's it's true. We all are part of the human race. But what I like to tell people is that, yes, while we are all a part of the human race, how that looks in this world can be starkly different. In a lot of cases, it is different. I used to be proud to call myself a Christian and I, and I really want you to hear me on this because I, I want to do a full episode on racism in the church because yes, racism in the church, uh, is alive and well. Um, so with that being said, uh, with, with race and the church, You know, we're always taught that, you know, we're all one in Christ. If, if you're a Christ follower, you know, if you're a New Testament Christian, so to speak, we're all one in Christ. And as a violinist, when I am invited to a white church, so to speak, um, to play on the worship team and, 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 and be a guest, so to speak, I always have to ask myself, always have to ask myself, how will I be received? Have they ever met a black person before? Because I happen to live in a predominantly white city in central Illinois. And I always have to wonder how I will be received. Because I have stepped in some churches, you know, especially when I lived in Iowa and I we were actually members of this church. So I was, again, on the worship team. I wasn't even a guest. <laughs> you know, we were church members and I would be a part of the worship team. Naturally wanted to use my gifts for the Lord and whatnot. And would and would come to the rehearsal and. You know, the, the minister of music, you know, the, the worship pastor would speak and whatnot, which, you know, which is cool. But none of the band members would speak. You know, none of the band members would even look my way. It was as if I was invisible. You know, it was as if I didn't even exist. 
And, you know, I thought, well, I know I can be a bit shy. I know I can, you know, but but it's not just that. But you can just kind of feel that they know you're different, that they know that you're not where you're supposed to be, so to speak. And this is a church, you know. So anyway, just wanted to to share that. So, you know, while we all are a part of the human race, the way, you know, people live within the human race can, can look so different, you know. So I, I think I just want to stop here. Um, next time I want to talk about, you know, what race is. Because again, it's it's we know it's a social construct. We know that it, it's a European invention. You know, we we know that. Um, but I just want to, again, just just set the record straight on on what having these different uh, names for these racial groups mean. You know, what it has meant to be categorized as African American. You know, as an for example. So whew, this is tough stuff. You know, I, I'm not going to ever act like this is easy to talk about. And I sure am not going to pretend like this is um, easy to listen to because it's not. It's not. So what I want to do now <laughs> is read my second I finally did it story. Okay, like I've mentioned before, I want to include uh, this this segment at the end of my story just to share other people who have chosen to step out and finally do that thing that they have set out to do. You know, the the title of my first episode is I finally did it because I finally took the leap to start this podcast. So I wanted people to hear other inspiring and encouraging stories of people who finally did it, whatever that it is, whether it's you finally, you know, lost the weight that you wanted to, to, to lose or finally write that book or finally ask that girl, you know, the girl of your dreams out on a date and you guys ended up married. Um, you finally, you know, got the courage to adopt a child if that's what you've always wanted to do. Um, but this story, this I finally did a story comes from Carla Elaine. She and I actually went to college together, University of Cincinnati, go bear cats. And I saw her story on Instagram and I immediately knew that this is a story that I wanted to read for my next um, podcast episode. And Carla says in December 2017, at the age of 46, I enrolled at La Spirit Academy to pursue a dream I had in my heart for years to become a licensed esthetician. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But it's the folks that that are good with skin, you know, give facials and stuff when you go to spas. <laughs> I'm sure you already know that. But anyway, that was her dream. Eleven months later. While working a full-time job, pulling 16-hour days, experiencing weeks of sleep deprivation, missed time with family and friends, my journey is complete. With the support, 
prayers and encouragement from people who love me, I finished strong. From my heart, I thank everyone who helped me reach this turning point in my beauty career. With 14 years invested in this industry, this is a new beginning. Watch God work. And I want to officially congratulate Carla for this feat. I mean, think about it. She worked a full-time job, 16-hour days, lack of sleep, missing time with family and friends. And, you know, I wonder how many of her family, maybe they didn't. But sometimes you have people, are, you know, when you are setting out to reach a goal and to go for something and, and you decide to be focused and, and disciplined about it, people will start to think you acting funny. So maybe that's the reason why you haven't decided to finally step out and do whatever that it is for you, because it does take you sacrificing time with your friends and family, if only temporarily, you know, and also she was 46 years old. How many 46 year olds out there are saying, you know, to themselves, well, it's, I'm too old. It's too late for me. I should have done something by now. I know that's a trap that I've, you know, find myself falling into from time to time, at least mentally. And I just have to constantly tell myself, Shanoa, you have the time now. You're alive now. Do it now. So again, Carla, congratulations. And I want to thank everyone for listening to episode number three. I will definitely be continuing this uh, topic on racism, what it is, how it plays out in our everyday lives, because again, I think it's very very important. I welcome your feedback, both positive and not so positive. Um, you also have the option of using the Anchor app. So download the Anchor app. Look for my podcast, Black, White and In Color, and you can actually leave me a message. OK, you can leave me a message uh, regarding feedback. Uh, from a particular episode, um, how you think I'm doing so far, uh, what you would like to hear. If there's if there's a topic that's near and dear to my heart, or I'm sorry, to your heart, you know, that perhaps you would love for me to research and, and do a podcast episode on. I'm open to that, depending on what it is. But I, I said all that to say you do have the option to leave me a message. Again, that's through the Anchor app, uh, like a ship's anchor. Download it and find my podcast, Black, White and In Color, and you can leave a message and also subscribe, subscribe to my podcast. That way, every time I release an episode, you will get a notification saying that Shanoa has just, you know, or Black, White and In Color has just released, you know, uh, episode number two or number three. In, a, in other words, you'll be notified when I um, just released a new episode. So with, with, without further ado, I'm going to bid you good night. It is 9 30 PM. And, uh, I just, again, just want to thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that I'm impactful and effective in your life just to get you to think about things a little differently, um, to make this world a better place. God bless you and good night.